You ready for this? You ready to do this? Yep. All right. Yeah? Huh? Yeah? yeah. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Rage Against the Pod or Rat Pod, known by some. This is a podcast where every week, every episode, we dissect, we get into, we get into the nitty gritty of a different Rage Against the Machine song. So if you're new here, listen to all of our episodes. Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media, Rage Against the Pod or Rage Against Pod on Instagram. I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah. So go do that. <clears throat> go do that stuff. <clears throat> Keep listening to the pod. Let us know how you feel because, honestly, we're the best Rage Against the Machine podcast. Yeah. And dare I say, are we better than the band? Yeah. No, we are. Are we? Yes. yes. We are, right? Okay. Well, my name is Tyler. Yeah. On the other end over here is jeff yeah uh you know this week we're yep. just gonna get into the uh rage against the machine song via yeah. now all right there we go wow. that we're doing via now like i said yeah yeah. We're doing probably one of the grooviest Rage Against the Machine songs known to man. Okay. And I've been talking this whole time, so yeah. take it away, Jeff. Um, Just stop saying yeah and yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. um. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, yeah. Well, um, as you know, this yeah. is a Rage Against the Machine song, and um, no. this is song is called Via Now, so you know, let's just wrap it up, I guess. We could... Uh, yeah, so we're doing Vietnam. <laughs> the song is really cool, though. I, I, I really, um, I'm gonna throw my MVP nice. out early anyway. Uh, already, we 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 always talk about doing the MVP of the track, but we have not done it until now. I think I don't think we did it last episode either. Uh, we did it like two episodes ago. Okay. We did it. We did it at the end of the episode. But we, when we, we do sprinkle it, it in. We sprinkle it in here and there. I'm just gonna throw mine out there in in there in, uh, in the beginning. And mine's uh, mine's Mr. Wilk, John Wilkes Booth in this song. He's my uh, he's my MVP. I love. I absolutely love 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 the drumming in this song. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. I'm Can't gonna give my MVP and and the award goes to Brad Wilk, <sighs> drummer for Rage Against the Machine. There you go. I wish we had like some cool like awards music and then we could like it would show Bradwell getting up from his seat and then walking up the, the little stairs up to the stage. What am I talking about? I don't know. Let's let's get into Vietnam. What um what are our initial thoughts on this song by Rage Against the Machine? Um it's off of Evil Empire and I think it was the last single that they did off Evil Empire. Uh, when I first got Evil Empire from Columbia House, I never really, um, I don't remember this song until like decade later, but since then it's, dude, it's really fucking cool. And I just absolutely love saying like, nah, fuck it. Turn it off. Like, it's just such a cool line. It's such a cool vibe. It's so laissez faire and like, he doesn't give a shit and he's so angry and so upset that I have to, I just, I love it. This whole week has just been, mm-hmm. I've, I've had that attitude like, nah, fuck it. Fuck it. Turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah. That's what everyone's going to be doing right now who's listening to the bod. Yeah. Fuck it. Turn it off. Yeah. There it is. Uh, my initial thoughts, uh, I was late I was late to the game on Evil Empire. This is the last record I had really ever heard from the band or got from the band. Uh, I think it was probably late senior year I got this record or shortly after high school maybe. Uh, but yeah, this is this is, like I said before, this is my favorite Rage record at this point. And this is uh, this is my favorite Rage Against the Machine song. Vietnam is my favorite song of theirs. This is your favorite uh, Rage Against the Machine this song. This is my favorite Rage song. Yeah. Well, that okay. Crazy, right? That's that is, that is crazy. I mean, besides the fact that it's got some some run of the mill Rage riffs in it, Zach kills it. John Wilkes Booth kills it. But Timmy C and and, and Mr. Morello, they just they're just they're they're coasting. They're doing their their Rage thing. Not Timmy C has some pretty good stuff going on here. He he kind he kind of he kind of holds it back a little bit during the bridge. Like there, there are some solid parts from like he doesn't need to be going crazy. He, he needs to play to the song, and he kind of needs to let everything else breathe. And that's what he does on the song. And then Tom Morello, what I like in this song too is his 
during there's no real solo it's just kind of like some not even like a real guitar lead it's just just some parts you know yeah he just plays the groove like and then adds extra notes at the end of the have, have, at the end of the riff there it's good man it's a great song it's it's their best song at this point it's their best song no we've, Maybe my we've already points will change that we've already done this, their best song and this isn't it wow okay this pod's gonna go great we've already done ashes in the fall and vietnam yeah so we're done the we're pod's done. over we're done <laughs> All We're done. done. Well, we still got to do Renegade. Renegade's a fantastic song, too. Renegade's a funk? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, that. it's not one of the best. That's definitely one of their best songs. No, it's not. Th- that'll, not. Be, that'll be an argument or fight for another time, but <laughs> that one's going to go down okay. good. I mean, yeah, it's going to get heated, probably. But that's fine. That's what, that's what, we're, that's what we're about on this pod. Blue, blue, heated blue, arguments. Blue. So, like, going back ah. to the bridge part, actually, that's the only part of the song that I think that uh, Mr. Timmy C does do some cool stuff. And I like that the bass in that part almost sounds like an alarm. It's, it's, it's alarming you. It's letting you know that things are getting heavier. Things are getting a little bit crazy. And then in the outro, even Mr. Wilkes Booth speeds it up a little bit in various parts. <laughs> and so it's, it's solid. That's like, that's, like, the only standout bass part for me was was during that ladder bridge part okay fair enough uh yeah i, I he's he's great on this song i'm sorry i, <laughs> I don't know what else to say this song really is just like you said dominated by by wilk and uh and zach it really is i mean they are just beyond great on this on this song Fuck! I can't even. Speak. You can always tell what whose song this is by taking out half of the members, right? So if you took out Timmy C and and Mr. Morello, mm-hmm. Zach and and John Wilkes Booth, they they kill it. It's they just do. as good. But if you took out like John Wilkes Booth and just had everybody else in, it it'd be kind of cool, but it wouldn't be that great. Is this is this song on your drum playlist? No. I can't get oh, that. I, I can't get that pattern down. It's too hard. I it it is it is hard. It's harder than it than it sounds. But I always try. Every time I try to play the drums, I always try to pr- play it, pray it, pray it. I I always try to play it, but uh, I usually fail almost like hundred percent of the time. The hardest but it's still part fun for me is, is that last hi hat hit. That tss, like I keep, like my hands don't like I fumble. I'm all thumbs. <laughs> Do you not use your left hand a lot? I've actually t- so today. Um, if we're just gonna talk about drumming now, might as well today. Let's get into it. What song was I doing? Oh, that that sister that sister Nancy song, that Bam Bam song, that reggae song. Mm. I mm. put I I introduced that to my drum playlist, and what I'm trying to do is do like the hi hat hits, but with the left and the right hand, and then go and hit the snare on the on the hits instead of just going really fast with the right hand on the hi hat. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And so then you can kind of like like that and then go with the right hand on the snare and go back to the hi hat and go back and forth like that. That's been something I've been trying to work on in the past like week. That's yeah, that's something too I can't get down really well. Like I try really hard. I, I don't practice nearly as much as you, but yeah, I, I always try to do that too, but I just can't It feels can't do so it. fucking cool when you can be able to hit the hi hats and then you try to get like a drum roll in there, like a snare roll. And it's the transition is so easy because as your right hand's coming in for the snare and it hits, your left hand's already coming in there and you just boom, 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 go back, hit the hit the right or the the crash, and then go back back into the hi hat. It's nice. It's a nice transition and it feels really cool and it looks cool. I think you know when I'm playing for myself here in the room <laughs> <laughs> with with the, the earbuds in because you can't play the music so loud because your own drum is going to drown out the music. Actually, my so gaming- everybody listening is going to be. My my gaming headphones almost like cancel all the drums completely, so I had to take one ear off. Because I, I was using um, Sloan's DJ headphones, and I I mean I had to turn up Spotify like full blast to even hear the music. But my gaming headphones, I don't have to turn up that loud. There you go. So it's nice. But yeah, the the drumming the drumming is is a little bit more complicated than. One might think, but you know, I, I think that's kind of Brad Wilk's skill too. Like he doesn't do anything super technical, like we've talked about, but he he there's he adds a little like nuances to his playing that just give a, give a song like its uniqueness. And he he's I think he's a wildly underrated drummer. I, I don't care what you think because I know you don't really like 
you don't like simplicity like that sometimes? I love simplicity. Like we had this argument about Deftones a couple you weeks did, ago. You, the argument then was, I like simplicity, but I'm not going to give somebody credit for being a great drummer if they're just going to play simple. You were giving him more credit than he deserved. Because You're I didn't Brad hear anything. Wilk more credit. But you can hear it here. This one part in this song was oh better God. than all of the drumming on the Deftones album. Oh, you're insane. All of it. If anybody out there all is listening, it. he's referring to the Deftones album Diamond Eyes. So Diamond there you have it. Eyes. So I guess people can argue whether or not who's a better drummer, Brad Wilk or Abe Cunningham. Uh, that was, come on. I love both drummers. Both drummers are uh, I, I'm going to go and say they're both great, and I like both of them, and I'm uh, going to write yeah, that sentence. As I, push, as I push my glasses up on the more farther part of my nose. You're like he, you're like Heathcliff. Heathcliff is always on the fence, right? And before he gets the shoe thrown at him in the intro. You're like I don't like know anything about Heathcliff. I mean, I know who he, what character he is, but I don't, I don't think I've ever really watched anything Heathcliff. But you know, for ever. being for being your favorite song, you're, you're allowing me to go on, go off on these like ridiculous tangents. <laughs> I don't like, know why you're ridiculous talking about tangents. You're so dumb. Heathcliff is like a bootleg Garfield, right? Isn't oh, I know. He, he I, yeah, I know he is. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I never watched him. Because if anything, I would watch Garfield oh, with the lasagna. Garfield. I mean, the tasty lasagna. Let's, we're we're just going off on it. There we go. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. And all right. Wait, let's, why did you bring up Heathcliff now? Because I, I mean, you're, like you, you're constantly riding the fence, and Heathcliff is always on the fence. Oh, so you like I mean, Heathcliff. I, I do love riding the fence. I mean, that's what I'm known for, really. It's true. I always got to ride that fence because you never know. Uh, anyway, let's get let's get back to the song. Um, I actually could do without Tom Morello entire. Well, that's a big one. I could actually do without Tom Morello entirely on this ep- on this song, except for the the very very intro when he comes in with that heavy fuzz sound and then the drum kicks mm-hmm. in. That's yeah, kind of I, only the part that I would want Tom Morello to be in. And then I, I would be okay with him just being completely absent for the rest of the song. Well, it would have been cool too maybe is if it was just more of the, the bass doing all of that, that rhythm stuff and then Morello was doing some some maybe like octave, weird octave or some high part or something, you know? Like if he had done something to more to more accent what Timmy C was doing, kind of like what Primus does, you know? Like do something like that. That would have been much cooler than him just kind of playing that same riff over and over and over again. But yeah, he's definitely the weakest part of this this song. But anyway, uh, let's get into... Uh, actually, okay, so I didn't really realize this until I was doing a little bit of research, but a lot of people say that this song sounds like Led Zeppelin's The Wontong... Wonton, oh my God. The Wonton Sounds like Tong. The Wonton Song. There yes. you go. Did you listen? I mean, do you remember or did you listen? I, I mean, I don't. Prior to them saying that, I could not recall what that song sounds like. So I have no idea. But I did listen to it, yes. And it, it actually does sound it like does. the riffs are very similar. Yeah. But then, And then some people were saying, well, the, this is in the key of C and this one's in a different key. Oh, it's yeah. like, dude, I like, saw those get too. the fuck over yourself. <laughs> it's like playing <laughs> like Seven it, Nation Army just like on a higher string and, and thinking it's yeah. your own. It's so dumb. Get out of here. But I think Tom Morello said the, that he was highly song. influenced by Zeppelin, but that may have come after like the the people calling him allegations. out. Yeah, yeah, the allegations. More than likely. More than likely. But you know what would be cool? Actually, I, I just thought of this because we were talking about the intro. I, I almost think that the intro would have been better served, even though it's on the same album. But People of the Sun, how it kind of has that weird guitar intro, and then it goes into the bass, and then Zach kind of comes in when the bass comes in yeah i think this song that's more of a rap would have been better like that and then morello comes in early and then just kind of fades to black yeah that's how i, I would like it people yeah people of the sun is definitely a more of a more of a hip-hop track than this for sure but we're not talking about people of the sun we're talking about vietnam uh and when there's one part of the song before we get into the lyrics or jump into the lyrics uh there's a line he has and he says, thrown from the throat. But the way he says it is just, it's so weird. Like, I never knew what he said until this week when I actually read the lyrics. But it sounds like, boom, 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 boom. Like, he, he, like, he like bounces the, the lyric. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Does I, it? It's. I always thought it was really funny, but it's. I've never heard anything like it. There's a couple things that he does, the band does, that um, that really add to the, kind of the overall feeling of the song. In the second verse, they throw in different like like harms and then layers to make it sound as if there's like two MCs going back and forth, but it's just it's yeah. just Zach on his own. I think that was a cool touch. And then um, I think it, like in the chorus, like the whole not nah, fuck it part, like Brad Wilk does some amazing stuff, and it's just there's mm-hmm. like silences throughout this song, and and there's 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 pauses, and the hi hat sounds so crisp all the time. There's just oh, I know there's all these like great little things that if you just pick them apart, everything is just perfect. Oh yeah, the production on this record, it, I mean we've talked about it before is. It's absolutely perfect. Every, the tone of everything, it, it just, it sounds so good. And it was all tracked live and I don't know, man, it's great stuff. But um, let's talk, There was, since it was a single, it did get its own artwork. Uh, and the artwork's really weird. Did you did you see it or did you look at it? Yeah, the artwork's, uh, fuck, I didn't write down the artist's name, but do you know the artist's no, name? The, yeah, the photo- well, it's a photographer and her name is Graciela... Iturbide? Iturbide? I don't know how to pronounce the name. But it's uh it's a it's a picture of uh of an elderly lady from the viewpoint of her backside and she's carrying a boombox down a mountain and this was all shot in the Sonoran Desert in nineteen seventy nine. So but it, apparently the, the original photograph is called I don't I don't speak Spanish. What, how do you how would you how would you say a word that's spelled M U J E R and then M U J E R and then what? A N J G E L. Yeah, like angel. So How would you say that? So mujer, mujer. Yeah, see, that's what I wanted the, the angel on hell. I mean, mujer just means like woman. Okay. So angel woman or, or whatever. But I, like from what I was reading about that picture, sh- that lady, what's her name? Gabriella. Gabriella Deeper. We'll call, we'll, call her Gabby. We'll, we'll call her Gabby. 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 She, Gabby. she spent time with this with these people in the Sonoran Desert, and there's like a like a clan or, or a village of like 500 of them or something. And she she was following that lady, that specific woman, to like a cave, to where there was um, I don't want to say ancient, you know, pictures in the in the cave or whatever, but like pictures in the cave that meant something to that those people. And so she mm-hmm. was following that lady to that cave. For whatever reason, and she like in in her mind, she just looked at her and thought it was like a perfect woman doing like her own thing. And and I think she said that she envisioned her just flying away like an angel into the sunset because it was such a perfect picture. It honestly, I was looking at it and I like zoomed in on it, and I don't think it is it's a very good picture. I don't. I don't, I don't really get art it. at all. I like I'm not besides <laughs> like music, I think it's just a picture of a fucking woman rocking on rocks. I know, I don't think it's I, I don't, don't think it's get anything it. that extraordinary. Like before <laughs> I read anything about it, I was looking, I'm like, what is that? I can like I honestly couldn't figure out what was going on in the picture. And then I read the story and I even after that I could I don't know, I just couldn't really pick it up. It was maybe I'm just completely stupid, which I mean, I'm you, sure you'd agree with. But. We can oh absolutely. We can kind of like dissect it a little bit and like I, I was trying to rack my brain trying to figure anything out to say with this. And the only thing I can think of as far as like deeper meanings was that boombox she's carrying, supposedly she had traded for from various Americans in, in some capacity. They traded um like goods, like grains or rices or whatever they fucking were growing in their in their clan, their village, and so that boom mods could represent like that culture clashing with like Westernized American culture, and then yeah. in such the Vietnam, the whole concept of this of this song is kind of not wanting to listen to the radio because it's toxic because it's horrible, and that boombox could represent like a plague coming in to infect that that village. Yeah. That could be. I mean, but now I'm that's just grasping probably the straws, one of the, though. You but know that, what I, mean? I mean, that could be one of the best interpretations of it, especially considering the the subject of the song or the context of the song. But like, what the fuck? Do I, I mean, it makes sense. And if they're really truly in the Sonoran Desert, like, what kind of reception is she going to get anyway? Does she have tapes? I don't know. She might. Have Does she tapes. have batteries? It's, I don't do know. Do boomboxes have radio? No. Yeah, they have radios. Yeah. 
I don't know. I was born in like the late 80s and I grew up in the 90s and all boomboxes pretty much had like CD players at that point when I got one. CD players, tape players and radios. Yeah. That, that was a that was a standard boombox. Yeah, we I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Tyler. I just think it's a picture of a lady walking on rocks. I mean, that's really what <laughs> that's really all it is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a literally a lady walking on the rocks. I always just imagine myself at like an art gallery and everyone's staring at a picture and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, explain, please, dude, let me, enlighten me, help me, help me, uh, help you. I want to know. I want to believe, as Mulder says. I want to believe. <laughs> oh, so stupid. <laughs> all right. That's all I really got okay. for uh, the actual like music structure and general. Or, like, uh, something else. I it, This song made its debut in 96 at the Big Day Out Festival in Australia. That's worth Yeah, I noticed saying, that too. I guess. Yeah, might as well. It doesn't hurt to say it. But um, that's all I got for that, other than lyrics and some other stuff. But if you want to move on, we can move on. Yeah, let's let's get into the lyrics, man. Let's let's do this. I got nothing else in my general notes. I I've tapped that one. So all right, uh, let's so move on to the lyrics. the uh, The song itself uh, starts out with the hook. That's just what you get. You get the hook, and it's a pretty. Straight, they're pretty straightforward lyrics. Turn on the radio, nah, fuck it, turn it off. Fear is your only god on the radio, nah, fuck it, turn it off. That's really all he says. And then at the very, at the last line is, your savior is my guillotine, crosses and kerosene. So there you go. I'm a great rapper. Yeah, that was good. That was solid. <laughs> yep. So so let's get more into this. And Just to get a why they dog, wrote this. Song. To be honest, I mean. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. If I uh, some more records in it, if I, I don't know about that, but if I could, <laughs> if I could sum up like all of the lyrics in, in pretty much one sentence, is Zach doesn't like the radio, and that's that's pretty much what's going on here throughout the entire song. He doesn't like the radio, and he doesn't like fear mongering. That's really the gist of this song, with some it's references sprinkled here, sprinkled in here and there, but. Yeah, from what from what I was reading and what I was kind of getting from this entire song was that he's just really kind of pissed off of essentially just shitty commentators on really talk radio. He was really going after talk radio because if you think about it, this was before what we know as like Fox News and MSNBC and like what CNN eventually became, you know, like with it where every show was just a bunch of talking it. Where it was like people like us before people like us, you know, what we do. True. But so like his only his only thing to really latch onto was talk radio because talk radio at the time was huge, and it's still big, but not like it was in the '90s and prior to that. And really, that that's just what he's going off of. And a lot of people were referencing like people like Rush Limbaugh and and stuff like that. I mean, he didn't mention him in any sort of capacity, just kind of maybe his viewpoints, but he was know, that, that's kind of what it is. I don't know when when Rush was was popular. I know he was popular when I was going to school in like the mid to late 90s cuz I remember my stepdad always driving me to school, my dad driving me to school and they're always listening to like some talk radio. I remember Rush, Rush Limbaugh always being on there and his super annoying voice. And then when we got into high school, I remember him still being on the radio. And then briefly in college, he was still on the radio, and I just yeah, he was on for so long. When the fuck are you gonna just stop? No, he's still he's still on though too, but on not on KFI. Is he on like XM or something? Or no, it's it's um I can't. It's called like Patriot Radio. It's it's I forgot what station AM station it is here in LA, but it it's an actual like terrestrial radio station. It's not just like an online thing. Oh, but. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, I remember as a kid too. I mean, all my dad did was listen to KFI. And, you know, since I was far back as I can remember when I was like four years old, I remember him listening to, you know, Rush Limbaugh, Howard Stern, uh, Dr. Laura, John and Ken, Bill Handel. Like arch enemy. I cannot stand Dr. Laura. I hate Dr. Laura. She's the queen of common sense. And everything she said was, was, was so obvious and she made people feel so stupid about sometimes legitimate questions and uh, she was just absolutely the worst but most of the people who called in did not have legitimate questions like her her i mean same with rush limbaugh i mean 
listening to him as like an adult, you know, and just like, what the fuck? Like, what are these people who listen to this guy? What are they thinking? You know, I just, they're, they're fucking more. I mean, everyone, <laughs> they're all fucking morons. I'm sorry. I just, Rush Limbaugh sucks, man. And I'm not like an anti conservative, like Republican, anti Republican person, you know, believe whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. But man, Rush Limbaugh is just like on another level of stupid. Just a a He's just another idiot. guy that makes you feel stupid. That just demeans like you every no chance good he reason. can. Just you know, a, just just like a meanie. No he's a meanie. Yeah. He's it's a like, meanie linguine. Okay, because I still listen to a lot of KFI. And, you know, nobody on that station in the last like 15 years since I started listening as an adult, nobody has has been as like, as big of an asshole as Rush Limbaugh has in any sense. Like, I mean, there are some hosts who are pretty conservative, but not all of them are. And even the pretty conservative ones like John and Ken, they're not, they're assholes, but not like in a, they're more in a common sense way. You know, they just fucking hate everything really. Yeah. that but That's true. They hate everybody. They, they really do. And I, that's what I love about them is that oh, they hate everybody. It's and tiring. They just don't give a shit. I love it. It's great listening to them, but. See, this is what this is what talk radio does to you. It makes you just it makes you so annoyed at the host, at the callers, at the station. <laughs> like that that jingle before the traffic alert on KFI is like ingrained in my memory. Oh, I know the the old one and the new one too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the last time you listened to KFI, but maybe like not maybe like eight years ago they changed that that bumper music that lead, leads into traffic in the news because it used to be that Van Halen song. Remember? Like that, that heavy guitar riff. I, I mean, I, I guess that that's a Van Halen song, but it is, it is a Van Halen song, yeah. Wow. But anyway, what fuck? Dude, we're going off on talk radio. But yeah, we're just talking radio. about how much Zach doesn't like like the radio, and now he thinks, like I said earlier, how the radio is 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 toxic, and it's it's like it, you think it's almost harmless, and it's this commodity that we love, and but everybody's got their own agenda on it, and they push it super hard. Almost to like a subconscious level, where it's constantly, even on on like KFI, where they're they're giving you ads that kind of relate to you know like I don't know white Republicans in Orange County in Los Angeles. Like, hey, yeah, you should remodel your mean. kitchen. Like all these ads, like who the fuck has money to remodel a kitchen? Like it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. That's totally true. Like every or every least, fucking or the ad. Lisa Guy Center or yeah. Some shit like that, you know. I got like like that that whole meme, like first world problems. Like those are the yeah. ads they show on or they they air on KFI. Whereas, actually, that's like the only AM radio station I ever listened to. Yeah, that's the only one I listen to as well. But I listen for the the hosts sometimes. Some of them. I just like Bill Handel and Leo Laporte, the tech guy. See, I don't like Bill Handel. Oh, I love I've, Bill I've never been I've never been able to get into him. I, I'm just all about Conway. John and Ken and uh, and I like Leo Laporte a lot. He's really good too. Bill Handel gives everybody fucking idiots, but <laughs> Bill Handel gives everybody a chance. So people will call in with the dumbest legal ad- question, seeking advice, and, and he'll give them the yeah, but, benefit of the doubt only, for about a you're second. You're only talking about Handel on. You're only talking about like the one show he does. Oh, you're on right. Saturday you're right. I, I should clarify. I only like Bill yeah. Handel when he's doing uh, Handel on the law. Yeah, because he he used to be a lawyer, like. 30 years ago. Otherwise, he's super <laughs> annoying. And I only like him when he's doing when he's doing that because I think it's absolutely hilarious. Oh, he's such a dick to the people who call. That, but he gives him a fair shake, though. though. He gives him a fair shake to begin with. And it's, I mean, it only lasts like a second. <laughs> but it's good stuff. Oh, that's great. Anyway, uh, the so the, the last line, like I said, in this in the hook was, your savior is my guillotine, crosses and kerosene. Uh, this is kind of like a reference to the KKK because what he's really saying in this hook is, you know, it's pretty much anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti-Christian, or, you know, evangelical, all that crap. And, you know, all that stuff is kind of related or somewhat related to white supremacy. So there you go. Really broke that one down for you. But let, do you want to move on to the, to the first verse? Yeah, first verse, same as the first. Where I feel like it gets gets a little bit better. Lyrics get a little bit better. So what do you got for the first verse? Um, there's only two like kind of big things here for me. Um, one, he was just kind of talking about how we're 
basically bred from infancy to conform and, and everybody's kind of pushed into two categories of voting, right? Either Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. And we're made fun of if you want to vote anybody else, which that's a whole other topic. And so everybody's put into these two categories. And if you feel like you don't fall into one category, then you switch over to the other side, even though you may not believe with everything they say. And it's just it's just this this cycle of, of unhappiness. And the other thing was uh, him just pointing out basically like various propaganda and, and government pushing things on us rather than us pushing things on the government. They're telling us yeah. what we should care about rather than us telling the government what we should care about. And he referenced some some political issues such as the Contras, uh, Oliver North, who was also involved with the whole Contra scandal. But um, yeah. but yeah, those are my two those are my two big talking points of the first verse. Yeah, I mean, like like you said with the Contras, he he kind of wraps up that first verse talking about, you know, the CIA sending the Contras to Nicaragua. And then all the stuff in Iran going on and, you know, how uh, the corruption within all of that, you know, it, like you said, it's straight up propaganda. And tor- in the beginning, he kind of he kind of talks about, you know, how a lot of the stuff on talk radio at the time, it, they were there were people who who claimed that they, they had strong Christian values and they wanted the best for everybody. But everything that they said, it was just very hateful, it was xenophobic, homophobic, racist sexist everything you know it was all the stuff bundled up into it so he's it's just him kind of calling that out you know and how instead of spreading love and like you know equality all that all they're really all these people are really doing are spreading essentially terror and blaming minorities and the lower class really for everything that goes wrong in the world but that that's that's kind of like how that's that's really kind of like the first half of the that first verse and then after that, he starts to make references to more worldly political happenings. But did you? Um, I think it's it's a solid solid set of lyrics and message. Did you look up the the contras at all? I I never I don't know anything about the contras until I looked. I it knew up. I knew a little bit about it, but I mean it's kind of fucked up, right? It's just a a U.S. backed group of fighters who combated the Nicaraguan government for yeah reasons you agree with or disagree with but these groups were like notorious and supposedly committed like numerous human rights violations that were downplayed by the conservatives the the right-wing conservatives in america and all this was done pretty much illegally from what i gathered and the guy oliver north who i think like spearheaded this whole campaign um he was actually convicted in the late 80s but the charges were dismissed later on because he cooperated with the investigation. But even like worse is that even though he was convicted, he was given a suspended prison term. He was supposed to get, uh, I don't know what the fuck it was, but a suspended prison term is basically like you delay your prison term so you can do your probation first and then do your prison term later. But what that really means is you're just hiring more lawyers. So in the time that you're doing your probation, instead of being in prison, you can get these charges dropped, dismissed, a lesser sentence, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's stupid That's so shit. Shady. I mean, it, a lot of what what he's talking about here, and with the contras and everything, it's it's interesting, like seeing how how things like this have evolved in the last like thirty five, forty years, where now both sides of the political parties both support they both support these same exact things, but it's just portrayed portrayed differently in the media. But all this stuff's still going on. I mean, look at all the stuff in Syria and Lebanon and what's going on right now in Yemen and all that shit. I mean, it's so... Or look what's going on in, you know, in our own country. <laughs> well, there's that too. You don't yeah. have to look too far. <laughs> That's true. No, you're absolutely right. It's pathetic. But, it, but it's interesting watching, going back and like reading up on the history and how propaganda and all that stuff has evolved and how much more complex it is now it seems than it used to be because as people start to catch on, it seems like the propaganda starts to to shift and change too with the public outrage. And they tend to get more, not, sec- not secretive, but more, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Fuck, I don't even know. Just try um, to hide it, I guess? Yeah, they just try to hide it. They, they try to veil the facts and, you know, they, I don't know. It's fucked up, man. And, and honestly, nothing's really ever going to change. I I honestly believe nothing's really going to change ever. 
again, nothing's going to change until it affects the majority people personally. It's already it already affects the majority of people. That's the, no, that's it the thing. really doesn't. But, no, but nobody lays back. I, it doesn't. It doesn't affect the majority in a way that it affects their their daily lifestyle. Like nothing really has changed. Nothing's really changed too dramatically within Western civilization, but it's gotten dramatically worse in other parts of the world. More more the lower class parts of the world. I mean, if you look at most of China. But the majority of voters in America right don't now. they don't live in China. They they, they don't, but that's what I'm saying. They vote over here. Gonna, so yeah, until yeah. it affects the majority of voters here, nothing's gonna change. Yeah, the okay, yeah. The majority of the voters here, absolutely. But unfortunately we have the biggest propaganda machine in the fucking world. You know, yeah, so I mean that's not right. You feed, <laughs> exactly. So you feed the right people the right information, they're gonna just believe everything they hear at face value. Which whatever. We're we're just getting kinda off topic and are we though we can go to second verse same as the first uh, yeah, let's go to second verse yeah it's a little bit louder a little bit worse uh, I don't know. it's not worse no it's actually really good i um first so i like i like how in the first verse zach talks about how he'll use bullets to quiet the radio right at the end of the at the end of that verse he'll like actually say he's gonna shoot the radio and yeah. then in the end of the second verse it's now he's moved on to like explosives he's gonna blow it up so kind of giving you that 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 feeling of things are progressing, things are getting worse and worse and worse, and it's going to explode. And that's where later or, or uh, later on, when that like the only really cool bass part comes in and kind of builds up to that. And I think that's that's all like a good a good sweep, a good a good movement of 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 this song structure. It is, and also the the second verse kind of piggybacks on what was going on in the first, but gets a little bit more specific on how like the propaganda kind of works. I mean, where he, he talks about how the media, they, they kind of, they scapegoat the lower class by using like adjectives to, to describe these certain lower class people or whatever, you know, the minority people or minorities with like, you know, like for example, inhuman minorities or illegal aliens or single mothers and alternative families, you know, they, they, they use these, these descriptions of, of individuals or minorities to make them sound worse than they are. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it really is straight propaganda. I mean, it's, it's entirely fucked, but it, it works, unfortunately. Like people buy into this shit. That's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. And then, I mean, they're obviously in this verse too, it all, it references the Rodney King beating, and Stacey Kuhn. This is probably one of the, the heaviest songs we've done so far on the pod. You I think, think so? I think I think this is one of the heavier ones we've done. Because like, I think this like one lyrically? really kind of gets in Yeah, like lyrically this is this really kind of gets into like the true manipulation of the population. I like how that rhymes. Oh look at that. Look at you. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you're, a lyr- you're a lyric man. I know. I love being a lyric man. I'm 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 new to the game, so. Okay. Did you um? Anyway. Did you happen to read up about Stacy Kuhn at all, or or why he's like kind of important? Important. Well, yeah. There, there were four. Right. There were four officers in the Rodney King beating. Two of them got off. Uh, Stacy did not, and the other one didn't. Right. Yeah. So, like, why 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 Stacy's kind of important? Stacy. Why he's kind of important is because he was actually acquitted on the state level, but then tried again and convicted on the federal level. And so he's kind of seen as as kind of like the martyr on both sides of the political spectrum. So for like the left, you know, it's it's kind of, it's kind of along the lines of okay, finally, you know, he got what was coming to him. He deserved that justice prevailed. You know, we won. And on yeah. the right, it's it's kind of like, well, he was already acquitted on the state level. Why did they retry him on the federal level? Was that just a knee jerk reaction because of the riots? Is he just a martyr now for, for uh, whatever Rush used to call the the liberal so criminal he, justice system, oh. and so he's kind of an interesting character because he falls into like both political spectrums, in a way where they both think that they're right, and there's no middle ground there, and so I think that was interesting that Zach used this guy in particular and called them out rather than just mentioning yeah. Rodney King's incident and, and the riots that that came about. Yeah, it's very calculated. I I like that. 
Good on Zach for that. I, uh, Dude did his research, right? I mean, like back when when you didn't have all the stuff at your fingertips, he he did he did he did get some good research. Need I mean, yeah, I, and like the more we talk about it, the more impressive it are. is. It is absolutely, but then there are also instances where, you know, you can only read so much of what you believe in. You know, like it, at the time too, it was hard to to find a middle ground. Like it is nowadays, you know. You nowadays you can read both sides. At the time, it was a lot more difficult to do that. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else to say about the second verse? Should we move on to the bridge. Move on. Okay. So the the bridge itself is uh, it's pretty. It's just one line repeated. Is all the world jails and churches? That's really what he is. What he says. That those are the lyrics. Uh. But I mean, it it it's, it does mean something, and it is effective. What he's what he's kind of said. What I think he's saying is, you know, the world's enslaved by the kind of dogmatic views of everything and the closed-minded views of everything, and all those that oppose from that sort of oppression are thrown in jail or imprisoned, and that's really kind of the gist of that. I think, unless you got anything else to say about that. I mean, I can I can kind of expand on that a little bit i i think especially living here in arizona it's you fall into like two categories you're either a a god-fearing man or you're just some idiot from california and like a good example of that was we don't we don't like believe in god really we celebrate christmas just because we want to be festive and so when the neighbor kids are talking about like santa claus and my kids are like well you know we don't really believe in santa claus there becomes an issue. It's and so it's like okay, well they can. It's okay if they believe in Santa Claus because that's something that they do and that's that's their choice that they want to still believe in. That's not a big deal. You know, don't ruin it for them. It's a spoiler, right? If you're watching Avengers, you don't want it spoiled. Kind of in the same vein as Santa Claus. And so you like, but we're almost seen as just like these chumps from California who don't who who don't love God, who don't fear God, and it's like that doesn't that has no bearing on 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 our day-to-day lives or, or what we actually feel, believe how we raise our kids. Yeah. And we, and we see that so much here in Arizona from our neighbors. I mean, I don't really get out too much, but just from our neighbors, that's, that's how I feel. And so I think that's kind of what he's, what he's doing here is in the Western world, you fall into kind of two categories. You're, you're a God loving man or you're a criminal and there's like no middle ground. And again, with that whole like Rodney King thing with Stacy going in either the left or the right, there's like no middle ground. And, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere. You can't just fall into like Donnie Darko. Everything's not black and white. There's got to be a middle ground. Got to yep, do something. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Oh shit. I don't like Donnie oh. Darko in the movie, by the way. Just throwing that out there. You know, I I liked it as a teenager, but as an adult, you know, my late. I mean, when I was in my late twenties, the last time I saw it, it's really not that good of a movie. Because it's, it's so really stupid. Not. There's like time traveling, and it makes no sense. Well, time traveling in general doesn't make any. But sometimes, sense. sometimes you can no, you can you can utilize time traveling to where it makes sense in the story. But in Donnie Darko, like the fatal flaw of it is he's killed by something that should have happened when he wasn't killed, and that just doesn't that creates like this weird paradox where now there has to be two different like dimensions, which they didn't even talk about at all. But if you watch a show like Fringe, Fringe has time traveling and all this weird shit, but it makes total sense and it's perfect. Uh, no, no time travel is perfect. I I hate time travel. I think time travel is a crutch. It's a crutch and lazy writing. I hate yes, time traveling. Correct. Let's um, let's get into the outro then. The only lyric is "Fear is your only god," and he just screams that over and over and over and over again. And that's pretty much it. I mean, that's self-explanatory. Fear is your only god. Yeah, that's what uh, we all believe in. That's that's what that's what everyone tells us. Fear this, fear that. Be afraid of everything around you. I mean, we see it in everyday life. You see it on the news. If you watch the news, if you listen to the news, if you talk to people, everything, everybody's afraid of something in some capacity. And that's how we live our lives. We live our lives in in a constant state state of fear. That's what it is. And I think it's a great way to, to end the song. Just to be screaming that, and it's like you said earlier in the in the pod, it it kind of picks up tempo a little bit, and it gets super super heavy, and it's effective. 
It works. It really works. Zach doing Zach. Zach doing Zach, baby. ZDZ. Oh, oh man. So are we good with lyrics? Are we good to to finish it up a little bit? Yeah, that's that's actually all I have for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> that's not all I have for the rest of the podcast. Well, there's no like covers from the three big cover bands of Rage. Well, before we get into some of that, I did find, I don't want to call it a demo. I, I guess I'll call it more of an alternate version of this song. Did you, have you, did you try looking up anything? Like any sort of live version or cover version, anything like that? The only live version that I've found that I was interested in was when they played in Woodstock in 99. I, I watched that. But other okay. than that, no. Okay, so I think this was in 93 or 94. They um they played with without Brad Wilk and without Timmy C. So they played with um so it was Zach De La Roca on vocals, Tom Morello on guitar, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Stephen Perkins, the drummer from Jane's Addiction. That's from that's what I, what I read. I don't know how true this is exactly, but that they played bizarre. A, bizarre, right? But it kind of makes sense in that whole scene because all of those bands were pretty or fairly popular at the time. So they play this version of Vietnam, and I'm going to play a little bit of it for you. alternate version of it pretty yeah, cool right okay. yeah it's cool it's fun to listen to yeah i mean it's not as good as the song but you know from what i read as well this this is was from the radio free la show so yeah like i said it was flea on bass and stephen perkins on drums apparently this is weird but, that why why would timmy c and, and john wilkes booth not be there maybe they were doing some sort of like maybe they were just there maybe they weren't set to perform i don't know I, I really don't know. I didn't Strange. look further into it, but you know, I, I actually didn't expect to find anything like any sort of demo or especially an alternate version of it, but I thought it was interesting. For sure. For sure. Uh, no music video for this. So can't talk about that. Every live video I found, it's yeah. all good. <laughs> There's like nothing bad about it. Just killer. Um, there are no audio slave. Never played this song live. Uh, Prophets of Rage. So Prophets of Rage, as we know them, never played this song. But <laughs> there was a band. Because I, I, this band has also done covers of previous songs that we've talked about on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so there was a band called Prophet or a cover band called Prophets of Rage, and back in 2009, they did cover uh, Vietnam by uh, by Rage Against the Machine. So here's a little bit of that. Yeah! 
All right, there's Prophets of Rage, the original Prophets of Rage. These are the guys that are that are kind of like chunky looking, right? They're a little bigger. Yeah, they're. they're are, are like, watching the same video. They're like dad guy, dad dudes. And they're playing like a club where it's really not really the lights tiny. are dimmed, but it's like green and red lights and shit. Yeah, and the drummer has kind of like a curly hair fro, and then the bass, the guy bass player doesn't move any, like he doesn't yeah. move at all. Yeah, yeah, that's that one. I mean, it's not a bad cover. I just I wanted to bring it to the pod because technically, Prophets of Rage did play it, the original Prophets of Rage, not the second cover band. So I was. So, so, like, when I did Google Prophets of Rage in the Vietnam, I did watch that video. And because these guys have done, I can't remember what they did, they, but they did a prior cover of a song we've already talked about. But I was surprised at how little views it had. Right. I think it was under, like, a thousand. And especially after Prophets of Rage with most of Rage Against the Machine, I figured, like, this cover would have at least had more views, right? I People just stumbling I upon so, it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the the one video that I was just playing, it has zero upvotes but one downvote. By Tom Morello. I mean, it's it's <laughs> like it's not it's not a bad cover. It's not horrible. I don't. I just don't understand why it doesn't have more views or more people talking in the comments. I don't know. And it's it was uploaded October twenty fifth, two thousand nine. Ten years ago. Yeah. So it's super weird. But I mean, good for them. Good for them to come up with that name before uh, Chuck D and uh, Be Real stole it from them. Well, I mean, technically, Prophets of Rage is from a Public Enemy album. That's a track on one of their albums. Yeah, but it, it wasn't a band. So, well, or a cover just, band. Oh, you tell me Public Enemy wasn't a band? Well, they weren't a cover band. They weren't a Rage cover band. They were a Rage. They used to be Rage cover band before Rage um, started out. <laughs> You're dumb. Uh, the the next one I have here is um, it's from a band called Stray from the Path. Have you ever heard of them before? No. Apparently, they have some sort of following. I don't know how big it is, but this cover was on some sort of like punk compilation or some. I don't fucking metal compilation. I don't even know. It was on a compilation. Let's just say that. Uh, it's a little bit heavier than than the regular version, but we'll see if it it really uh is actually better than the original. That's a band called Stray from the Path, and their version of Vietnam that was on their record <laughs> came out back in 2012. What do you think about it? That was how, how do you cool. feel about it? I dig it. I like his voice actually a lot. It's really not a bad scream at all. <laughs> it's it, so. It sounds like a really cool band that we saw like in high school, but continued to be a band and just got better. <laughs> Like they're not like great. There was <laughs> okay. nothing there that was absolutely phenomenal or fantastic. No. But it was everything was good. It was solid. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm almost tempted to go check out their re, their other songs, their original songs. I'm and looking on had, Spotify right now, but I can't see. I don't think that song is on Spotify. So that the album is called Rising Sun. That's what it's on. 
That's is that dumb. song called Vietnam or is it called something else? No, it's called Vietnam. Yeah, I don't it's see Vietnam, Vietnam on, on here. Are the is the band even on Spotify? Yeah, I'm looking at Rising Sun, Sun by Straight from the Path, 2012 or 11, and I don't see Vietnam. Yeah, that's what it says. Fuckers. I guess they lied to us. I don't know. They're under they they're on Sumerian Records, which is a fairly popular indie indie label. So uh, Rage Pi or Tom Morello Pi told him to take it down. Probably Tom Morello's a dick, man. <laughs> what a dick. I love reading all like the stuff that's coming out. Like how much, like do you see how much Coachella, Coachella tickets are going to be for the weekend now? Like four hundred fifty bucks. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know they released that. And then he said something else about um, I don't know. He he was selling something in some capacity. Damn, my memory's terrible. But he was offering like a discount, saying, "Hey, come buy these tickets because a, per- a percentage of this is going to go." to help whatever charity and everyone's like, why don't you just like offer it for free and offer your own money or play a, play a free show or not charge people $5,000 to go to your stupid guitar Academy or whatever it was basically calling him out and putting the ball <laughs> in his court. Cause he's always saying like, it hey, would help everybody, but he doesn't do shit really about it anymore. That's true. He just kind of does speeches and that's about it. Poser. <sighs> Man. That's, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, that, that's all I got. I don't know if you want me to okay. stretch. Well, I don't, I have one last cover to bring to the pod. Uh, there really wasn't anything that great. Everything was just like a straightforward cover. I couldn't find anything acoustic, couldn't find anything electronic, nothing different that from the original song. But I did find just some kids. <laughs> reminds reminds me of us, like when we were probably 14 or 15, uh, just jamming and having a good time. These kids, yeah, they're like four, probably 14 or 15. This is from back in 1999, but it was uploaded, I don't know, several years ago but it's some like old like vhs thing so uh here's some kids just it says that this is their second band practice and then this is their second and last band practice and it's like in this tiny little bedroom so here it is kids covering the song i don't know it's kind of it's kind of fun it's kind of cool yeah it was good <laughs> a couple of kids just, just uh just having fun you know just relaxing jamming in the garage just like jamming no they're in a bedroom they're like even better bedroom and, and at the beginning Maximum of the video comfort. the the singer is just like sitting on the bed and they're all like crammed in there like nobody could really move around but they're still kind of like you could tell they're just having a great time and i don't know it's just it's like heartwarming you know it just <laughs> like shit's just not that way anymore i don't know man it's just everything you see nowadays is just so like produced and just so nothing's fun like this anymore nobody just has fun it seems is that just because we're older now and we're crankier probably oh more than likely that's what it is yeah i don't know but nah, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do <sighs> but I, I just wanted to bring that one to the table so yeah if anybody wants to go check that one out it just it's, it was uploaded by the Southern Lord uh, in on August 26th, two, 2017, has 39 views. And uh, yeah, it just says, this is from a little later in 1999, probably April. This is from our second and last practice. I'm pretty sure that at this <laughs> point, we just wanted to do Rage Against the Machine songs. Like, it sounds so frustrated. This guy's probably like our age too, like maybe a little bit older than us. And he just wanted to like jam with his friends and this, I don't know. Our it's second all, and so. last. Yeah. They lasted a long time there. <laughs> yep. That's great. Um, 
That's pretty so, impressive, though, to like bite off or to, to tackle a rage song on your second band practice. Practice. I know, right? Ambitious. And considering how long they are, how young they are, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff, man. Most impressive. <sighs> well, I mean, I think that's it for the pod. Unless you got anything else to say. We already talked about our MVP, Brad MVP. Wilk. Um, booth. You got anything else to say about Vietnam? I uh, I don't know. That's um. You do not. I I do not. All right. Well, that's it for Rage Against the Pod, a Rat Pod. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for getting this far. I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed myself. Jeff m- may have enjoyed himself. Uh, so go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us because that's where it really matters. Go follow us on social media. Rage Against the Pod on Instagram, I think, and then Rage Against Pod on Twitter. Um, so go do that. Enjoy yourselves. Have a wonderful time this week. Keep listening to the pod because we are the best. Yes. Tell us how you feel. And we are better it. than 25% of Rage, at least. We're better than Tom Morello. Yes, we are. Ron so that's Zach, it. but we're not better than John Wilkes <laughs> Booth or Timmy C. <laughs> Correct. And that's it. That's all. So, bye. Good night.